brother? I'm going to have a brother? I've always dreamed about having a brother. Speak of the devil. Brother? I'm Paul. You must be Tommy. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Hello, hello, hello. This is Uncle Tickles, and you are listening to New Dad. I want to thank everyone that's tuning into this episode because it is a very special one for Uncle Tickles here. Uh, it is one where we welcome back one of our very first guests, my brother Jono. He appeared under the guise of uh, not being a, a parent, just my, my brother, but he fooled us because at that time he was unknowingly a dad to a little uh, fetus growing inside of his wife. So we learned the news he will be a father and we couldn't be happier here at New Dad. And as fate would so happen to have it, uh, the content gods just putting a little gift in my lap, his childhood friend, Tommy Doherty, the Red Tornado, he learned he was going to be a dad right around the same time. We have both of them on today's episode. We're going to be talking uh, to them about what they expect, you know, while their wives are expecting, and uh, and some questions will be asked of Uncle Tickles. We have a little game at the end as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, Doherty's on the show, so all bets are off. There might even be a story about a dude biting another dude's thumb off, and it's not made up. It is uh, stranger than fiction. So you're going to want to stick around for this episode. Uh, it's been one of my favorite ones to, to record, and... Um, you know, good thing too, because I ended up having to edit it three times. So, uh, before we get to Jono and Tommy, we're going to have a prop call. Let's take this away. Welcome back. You are listening to New Dad, and this is Uncle Tickles. We have a pretty special episode, as I mentioned at the top of the show. We have uh, two new dads-to-be. These guys kind of grew up, uh, in one case, very literally like my little brother, and uh, in the other case, a metaphorical little brother. We have my brother, Jono, returning for his second visit uh, of the season. Eagle-eyed viewers will remember him from episode one. And uh, good old Tommy Doherty, who was mentioned in episode one uh, as the preferred guest to appear with Papa Pappas. Should, <laughs> should I ever have Papa Pappas on the show? Uh, Tommy Doherty, say hello to uh, all of Uncle Tickle's fans. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. So uh, we just learned uh, publicly that Jono and Tommy will be having children and uh and, and this is huge news for, for me because Uncle Tickles gets to be uh, an uncle all over again. And uh, and, and really, it's, it's a surreal moment, too, because when 
your uh, your little siblings start having babies, it, it, it's kind of one of those things that hammers home uh, the passage of time. So uh, before we get into you know too many of the in-depth, hard-hitting questions I have for you guys, uh, I will start with you, Jono. How are you? How are you reacting to the news of uh, learning you're going to be a dad? And uh, and I will point out the irony that you appeared on New Dad under the guise <coughs> of not being a dad, but at that point there was a baby already uh, cooked. <laughs> so you were kind of a dad at that point. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of made that connection. Um, yeah, I was a dad at that point. Un unknowingly uh, to you. I know. So I think we found out like a week later after we filmed that or two weeks later. So, um, you know, it's been a, <laughs> a big surprise. I definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, and I'm excited. I want to be a dad. And of course i was thinking you know if there was a time where we should have children it should be now uh, just because of the age of your children and gina's children um, and more people having children so um, if we were going to do it it would be now and so um, i'm happy i know people like spend a lot of time trying to get pregnant and we just kind of did it pretty quickly so um, of course i'm super excited yeah and, and you said uh I think you were surprised, but, but you were trying, you know, this was something. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we definitely were trying. You were surprised um, on how quickly it took. Right. Um, <laughs> and we're like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If we can't get pregnant, you know, we don't have children. We were okay with that too. Yeah. I mean, um, I, we were I, okay with both routes. Um, and I see your happened. copy of, I see your copy of fire and blood back there. So we can say the seed uh, is strong. Yes, the seed is strong. The, the seed is strong. <laughs> the seed is strong. And now you guys recently found out the sex of your child. Are you guys uh, uh, are you guys waiting yeah. to hold off on announcing that? Or so, you... I mean, before I came on this, she's like, "Yeah, don't tell, don't okay. tell anyone." All right, I was. And I'm like, "All right." Um, so, 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 so yeah. you can't. So, so you can't say on on air today um, what the yeah, sex is. I don't think. I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I'm. I don't want to make her mad. You know, she definitely doesn't want me to say it. So maybe there's yeah. something planned okay, yeah. so on her end. So that'd be great. Perhaps a gender reveal. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. I'll, we'll look forward to that. Yeah. Doherty, we, uh, yeah. you found out around the same time, uh, that Jono found out he was having a baby. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, you, there's, there's a theory, uh, maybe not even so tinfoil, maybe it's actually a pretty uh, canon theory that the conception of these two babies happened on the same night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, our due date is September 29th, and John o, yours and Morgan's is the 27th, right? Uh, yeah, 27th, 26th, something like that. Yeah, and you, so a couple of days apart, but we spent New Year's Eve together this year, just the four of us at my house you know, steak, wine, whatever. I mean, we're having a really good time. Things got weird. Are you guys going to have to do paternity tests to make sure who's is who? Yeah. <laughs> she got weird. Yeah, she got oh, real it weird. Did. It did. You yeah. know, if Doherty's in the house, things are definitely weird. Yeah, yeah anything yeah, can happen. But, yeah, so we when I found out we were pregnant, like, first person, it was weird. Like, I called Jono. You know, Jono's, like, my best friend. So, like, I call him driving home. And he was one of the first guys I told that we were pregnant. And he's like, dude, no way. I just found out Morgan's pregnant too. So, and, and then we traced it back and John was like, dude, it happened on New Year's Eve. I'm like, I wouldn't doubt it. It probably did. So that's pretty awesome. And, and you guys know the sex of your child. Are you guys waiting to announce that as well? No, no, it's out. We're having a baby girl. Baby girl. Awesome. Yeah. Dirty. Yeah. 
Did you want like a, did you have a preference for, you know, we had been trying for, you know, God, a little over a year and we were about to take the next step. We were like two weeks away from doing the shots, the IVF. So we were that close and Annie just, you know, she, she wasn't feeling right. And she she took a bunch of tests on a Sunday after we'd been day drinking (laughs) and partying and uh, sure enough, she, she came back, she was pregnant. So I'm just so stoked that we're having a healthy baby and all the testing came back. But I think like deep down, you know, yeah, of course you always, yeah, you you probably want a boy. Right. But then we obviously we're going to try to go for more and have more children. So we just want a a healthy baby and we're so excited to have a baby girl. So, So, I mean, like, I'm just interested in your parenting (laughs) techniques (laughs) now that you have a girl. Well, I don't know. And how would that differ if it was like Tommy, Tommy the third? Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be, yeah, there'd be a lot of differences there with how I, I'm going to parent the the firstborn. Jenna, you can't say what the sex of your child is, but you can say that uh, you're openly rooting for a daughter. Absolutely, yeah, I, and I don't know why. I just I just feel like I would have a stronger connection, or I'm a better suited father for a daughter. I don't know. I just, you know, if I have a boy, it'd be great. Um, but I feel like I would just be too too hard on the boy, you know, and I just would probably expect too much and project myself onto him. Now, um, now, now when you say project yourself, do you mean thinking like you knew what you were doing uh, as a boy at the age that he would be and you would be kind of, uh, you know, blame or assuming him <laughs> guilty of the same things? Or are you saying you know, you were into certain things and you would want that child to then be into those same things. So yeah, you could enjoy watching. Like if, yeah. I think it's like, if I was that age again, I knew what I knew now, what would I be doing like in getting into? And I think that's what I would probably be kind of pushing onto him. Like these things are sweet. <laughs> like these <laughs> things are awesome. I mean, of course I'm going to like, there's, a part of me that's always going to make sure that he's, you know, going to be walking in nature and asking questions and being inquisitive, um, no matter what kid I have, you know, but, um, if it's a boy, you know, the sports aspect, I'm so competitive, uh, that I think that is, that's just one of those things, you know, it's, I can see us clashing when we get older because of the competitiveness. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a reasonable concern. I will just a little bit of what I've noticed, and it's a very small sample size because, you know, Shep's only 20 months, 22 months old. You know, it's just wild how this happens, and you don't have to necessarily try to push anything, but they pick up on what you're into, and that's what they want to be into, you know, and it's it's a really weird thing. So, you know, as far as like worrying about pushing it on them, I wouldn't necessarily be too concerned about that. I mean, it's great to be aware of it, you know, that, that you're ahead of it. And just the fact that you're conscious, you know, because maybe you're speaking from our own personal experience with our dad, who is a, a, a great athlete uh, uh, in his own right in high school. <clears throat> and, you know, who as growing up, when we would play sports, you know, it wasn't enough to have a good game afterwards. Yeah, and I kind of get is you know where he was trying to come from. He didn't want us. I think I think the idea was he didn't want us to be complacent with having a good game in whatever sport we're talking about. 
Um, but his way of doing that would be to tell you how, how much better he was than you at that point <laughs> and how much tougher he was and, you know, uh, flexing his muscles. Dude, I just bit. hated yeah. Yeah. fucking taking a car ride home with him after yeah. a game because he would just make you cry. Oh, yeah. And God forbid if, like, you had <laughs> Uncle Lou or Uncle Tom, more so Uncle I Tom, know. if him and Uncle Tom were in the car together, <laughs> you were crowing, like, you know, two minutes into the drive, maybe before you even got out of the parking lot, they had you in tears. They broke you down. Yeah. They would tear us apart. Doherty here is a legendary stick man. All right. Uh, and, and as such, there is a certain irony of him having a girl. And, uh, and, and you know, when I, I had talked myself into, I think, wanting a daughter uh, with Shep, just because it was one of those things I a couple of my friends had daughters, you know, kind of, and I think it's similar to what you're saying about your relationship with your, uh, your niece, Isla, you know, I, I rooted for a girl, but one of the things that always kept me up at night when I thought when, and I was convinced that Shep was going to be a girl too, was a saying that I forgot who told, who said it to me, but he's like, you know, the good thing about boys is you just have to worry about one penis with yeah. girls. You have to worry about all of them. So then he says all the time. Oh, he says it to you all the time. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad someone's gotten in your ear with that. And uh, and I hope you lose some sleep over that too, because um, you have a lot of friends with with sons that are going to be around your daughter's age. So, mm-hmm. so uh, and dude, yeah. And remember what we were like back that at that age. <laughs> yeah. So no family well, parties. No, like, or when you have the family parties, the kids have to leave at like 7 p.m. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. now there, there's eyes in the sky all over. I mean, with the nest, and with, yeah, this I mean, is true. This is true. I mean, there's going to be cameras all over. You know You're going to raise your tech game. All right, all right. That, yeah, I find that to be a, a reasonable solution to to your uh, existential problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you are you talking about putting the camera in your in your daughter's bedroom? No, no, but there won't be any boys allowed up there. I mean, you know. And there will be cameras at every entry and exit to the room. But Doherty, okay, let's think about this. <laughs> Whenever your parents had like legendary Doherty parties and we they were all rocking and we were like 15 <laughs> years old, 16 years old, we were all over the house in bedrooms doing whatever. Yeah, we were. We that's were. that's what I'm saying. That. You got to have like a hard cutoff time for kids out. <laughs> like yeah. before they can get into too much trouble, you just have to cut that off. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Whenever um, I think of like everyone's kids, I automatically like kind of do the math to when they're like going to be 20 years old. Like, okay, where are they when they're 20, when they're rocking? Are they in the same age group? Are they going to be rocking together? Um, because like we have some older cousins too. I'm like, are they going to be rocking together? Like when they're 21, 22 years old? I hope. Yeah. There's a nice yeah. little cluster where I think, you know, a handful of them will be. There is. For sure. For sure. Yeah. My sister has three now. She just had Blair, so she's got two girls. She's got Isla, five, Griffin, uh, just turned four, and then Blair is not a year old yet. She's still a newborn. So Blair and our baby girl will be very – they'll be within a year because she was born in October. So, so Dorian, I'm, I'm also curious whether or not you've uh, decided – are you going to go by uh, Dada Doherty or Daddy Doherty? Um, do you have a, a – a sweet dad name picked out do i have a sweet no i mean papa doherty is what we call my dad right but no i mean i just call me dad just call you dad all right that's pretty boring jano uh we've discussed at length about how 
and when I say it, we discuss at length, I'm talking about my <laughs> wife and I, how I just will never be able to hold the mantle of pop-up happiness as hard as I try. You're much more probably able and capable to to, to carry that weight on your shoulders. Um, are you, well, and not only that, but you actually are, carry his name. You're his namesake as well. So for many reasons, you're probably more appropriate. Do you, have you decided that you're going to go by Papa Pappas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I can carry that either. Uh, I want, I want to be able to, um, I think in order to carry that name, like I'd have to fight it. For, I'd have to fight him for it. Uh, That's probably a really think, good point. Yeah. And I don't think I can win. No, like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he's sixty-something years old. I'm probably in my prime, and yeah, he's, he'll be sixty-one I would still in September. Lose. Yeah, I would still lose. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's like a few routes I want to go with my child, like totally creep him out, um, and really not have him call me anything. Uh, but yeah, or just have him call me something like Papa Pappas and not Dad. Yeah. Um, or something, something weird. But uh, um, I don't know. I will probably just go with Dad and. Yeah, I was. You I mean, know, it seems like the default. I don't know. As a new dad, I don't know. I'm. He might say it, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, weird." Like, yeah. <laughs> don't call me that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me think of something else. But. Um, I don't know. Maybe I gotta I gotta try on a few names. I guess. Yeah. I don't. I don't be growing up, and his dad's name was Monty. He was like our best friend living down the street in Chicago. And the three kids they called their dad Joe. That was it. Joe. No dad. No Monty. Nothing. His name was Joe all the time. That's what they called their dad. <laughs> I thought that was strange, but that's what what he went by. I really pushed Papa. He just shut and it didn't take it. it. It's so strange that he ended up. I mean, his first word was Dada. Um, and, but like we weren't using it at home, so I don't know if they're pushing. If they're pushing it at daycare, we do have a that Jimmy Fallon Dada book, which I think we gave. Did we give that to you, Doherty, as a present? Yeah, yeah, that, we got. Yeah, I credit that book to him saying Dada because he he liked it a lot, and we read it, you know, very often. So um, it's probably because of that. But um, halfway through reading it, I actually made the realization that I should switch it to Papa. So I don't even know if I can credit that because I was. Even though the book was called Dada, I was reading it as Papa, so um, it did not work. Um, he still said Dada, but it's it's one of those things. I'm sure when your children are born and they get to the point where they're saying their first words and they, whatever they do call you, you're probably going to be fucking thrilled. You know. It, yeah. I'm gonna switch gears real quick. One of the questions that that Leo wanted me to ask you guys was, you know, if if you could name maybe one thing that you really want to emulate that your parents did um, as parents growing up and then one thing that you absolutely would not do uh, you know that your parents did you know that you're growing up do you have uh, and, and take a second to gather your thoughts but do you have anything that jumps to mind yeah I would just say the well I'll start with the negative one thing not to do geez my dad was a hellraiser oldest of 11 i mean he just was in and out i went to three different high schools got kicked out of all three of them in chicago was in a gang i mean he was you know he was a bad kid growing he, up he bit off his father and lost them yeah I mean, he did a lot of stuff <laughs> at the rehearsal dinner of their wedding yeah i mean he grew up north side <laughs> chicago i mean rough rough neighborhood and he, you know he did what he had to do um so obviously you know his way of 
of kind of teaching us not to do that was education. I mean, we knew at a young age what dad came from, like what his background was. We knew we were aware of what he had to do to get to where he is and very successful self-made guy. And same thing with my mom. I mean, they both grew up with, you know, very, uh, very, yeah, very, very poor. They didn't have two pots to piss in or a window to throw it out of. I mean, they had to make everything that they, that they have. So um, I think the hard work and education that they instilled in us is just unbelievable. They're, the work ethic um, that, you know, if, if you put your mind to it and you work harder than anybody, uh, you can be successful at anything you put your mind to. And they really, they, they stress education and hard work, <clears throat> respect, all those things at a very young age and family, family, family. And then the love for each other. I mean, they're still married after all these years. Jeez, what are they going on? They got married in 1980. That would be, God, we're going to be celebrating a big one here coming up for them. So, I mean, there's a lot there that we can take out of their their book. I mean, they be 40 years. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a big one that we're celebrating coming up. I feel like we can't leave our audience hanging on that, that, that throwaway story. So, some background. Because your, your dad was a Hellraiser, your mom's dad was not a huge fan of them getting married. Yeah, my mom's stepdad. Oh, your mom's so, stepdad. And at the rehearsal dinner, there were some words. Yeah, there were some words, I guess. And then those words ended with uh, your dad biting off part of your grandpa's thumb or your step-grandpa's thumb. Yeah, they they were having the rehearsal (laughs) dinner at my – they were having drinks afterwards, like after the rehearsal dinner at my grandma and grandpa's house. Uh, They had a bar in the basement on the north side by right off of – I think it was Winnemac Park. And uh, Jimmy Stabler lives right off Winnemac Park. By the way, shout out to yeah. Jimmy Stabler over at Winnemac yeah. Park where the Muffin yeah. Man lives. Yep, yep. So Lincoln Square area. And my <clears throat> grandpa came home, Grandpa Nick, big Italian guy, and he was not having it and tried kicking everybody out, I guess. And I think he called my Aunt Kathy a bitch, and my dad just went nuts. That's my dad's sister. And he just flew off, and they went at it and started beating the shit out of each other. And somehow uh, Grandpa Nick ended up fish hooking my dad or something, and the thumb ended up in the mouth. <laughs> And my dad just bit it off. And I mean, he bit off a chunk of the guy's finger, laid him up in the hospital. So he wasn't at the wedding. No. (laughs) (laughs) And imagine, like, that's a crazy fucking story. But imagine learning that story about your friend's dad when you're in, like, seventh or eighth grade. And then having to, you know, and the man, your dad was always nothing but amazing to me. And. You know, you mentioned your your sister Tara. She was just a grade below me. Uh, so uh, I was friends with Tara, Jono, yeah. and you were best friends. You know, we were over at your house a lot. Your parent, both your parents, you know, not just your dad. Your, your mom was always fantastic and sweet to me. Um, yeah. But your dad especially, you know, your dad's one of those guys who, at, even at a young age, he takes you and he makes you feel like you're one of the guys and um, <laughs> like puts you onto some knowledge real quick that maybe uh, a lot of you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds, uh, aren't, aren't hyped to know. Uh, but, but like a fucking fantastic dude. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I should say in, in a time when me and Jana were probably at our lowest, uh, your dad was the first person up to the plate to help us. And so that just speaks, you know, volumes to, to him as a person and just what you guys meant to us as a family and, and why, yeah, he- and, yes. and, and while you're on this episode, why I'm so pumped that, that, that you're having a, a kid and joining the ranks of, uh, of new dads here. I thought my dad was a wild ass dude. And then hearing that story, I was like, wow, there's other people like him out there. That was, it made me actually feel somewhat normal, um, <laughs> yeah. which I think is a nice transition over to Jono. Jono, 
uh, <laughs> we've talked before on the show about our parents and some of their uh, some of the good and some of the bad. But let's start with the good. Let's start with what you would try to emulate from mom and dad. Um, yeah, and I think Doherty kind of touched on a few of these too. Um, I think family, uh, how we were just so close. And I guess growing up, uh, you know, all the aunts and uncles were always pretty close. The cousins were always really close. You know, um, I'm really close with you. And uh, our two sisters. So I think that's super important. Uh, that's something that, you know, hopefully we have another child uh, so they, you know, can have a brother or sister or whatever, you know, so they can be close as well. Um, education, I thought that was another one. Um, you know, it's strange as it sounds, you know, dad really never gave too much advice, but definitely school was one of those things that <laughs> he did stress like, Hey, you should do good at school. Like that's important. That's important. Um, and, uh, I kind of took that advice and the last thing would be work ethic. And I thought he had a, an amazing work ethic and I, you know, try to have one as well. Um, and I learned that from him and I would want my, you know, child to have a, a great work ethic as well, you know, and earn everything they get. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the things uh, when I think of mom and dad uh, that definitely rubbed off on me. Awesome. And then the the things that you would not emulate. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many <laughs> things that I would pick. Um, and I was trying to think of one that was like, wow, I can't believe like that is something that they never really did. And I would probably say like trying to get to know my child, like... <laughs> as a person you know like we like i never had that connective conversation with mom or dad or them ever trying to learn out who learn who i was as a person um you know there was there wasn't a very deep connection i would say um and i get the circumstances like of maybe why that never happened uh but i think i would want to really know who my kid is um, and spend a lot of time with them and ask them a lot of questions um, and get them thinking about things. Uh, because I think most of the things that I thought of were self-generated -gener or generated by um, the peers around me, not by my parents. Yeah, I, mean, I would, uh, would say that's a, an, an excellent point, um, having grown up with the same parents. Um, yeah. Good point. I'll just speak to that a little bit. I agree with that. They didn't. They didn't ask us to question things a lot more, right? It was yeah. just, you know, this is what you're doing. This is why you're doing it. You know, work hard and everything. They didn't really try to understand us growing up and and ask us to question more, right? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. it's one of those things that um, I think me being a science teacher, I just am always questioning, and that's what I'm always asking my students to do. And that's yeah. what I would always want my child to do is, you know, if you're doing something, you should ask, why are you doing this? How does this work? You know, and try to go from there, you know, and yeah. um, I wasn't asking those questions. Um, no. But I was more, <clears throat> I think I was more into <clears throat> uh, playing sports and roughhousing. And I think yeah. that's where all my time went, you know, not thinking, you know, just doing brainless activities you know um, but my motor skills were great you know athletically i was probably 
inclined in a lot of different sports. You know, I feel like it's one of those things, everything I try, I'm fairly good at. And I probably contributed to it because my childhood was spent doing those things. Yeah. A lot of sport. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and I think it's not just something that's generational, right? Because it is partly generational. You know, our parents come from a similar time where, you know, each, each generation's always telling their kids how much harder they had it, you know, and and as far as like the relationships with their parents. And, uh, and and I, I think it's probably no different, you know, we're soft, we're going to be softer dads than our dads were. And I don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing. You know, I think it depends on what your, your natural setting is. Right. And, you know, certain people are going to need to soften it down and other people probably need to, to show some more hard love, but it's also, I think very indicative of where our parents came from economically. Right. We both talked about them not having shit. And when you're from that worker class, there's kind of a mentality of like, shut the fuck up and do your job. Right. And that's kind of what they've grown up with a lot of times. And, um, you know, if that's their experience, then that's probably what they're kind of showing you like, hey, this is what life's like, right? This is what I found it to be. You know, it's not necessarily about, you know, daydreaming and, you know, asking all these like um, questions that are, you know, of of philosophical or just even just curious or, you know, curious nature. Um, It's like, hey, you do this and you know, or I have to do this. So go fucking entertain yourself, you know, go do what you have to do while I do this. Um, let's talk about the naming of a child. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know where you guys are and Jono, I know, you know, you're not, name, you're, you're not talking about the sex, so I'm not going to ask to, to reveal any names, but more so just the process. Is it, is it something that you found to be more challenging than you thought it would be because that was certainly the the case for us you know the second time around especially with Shepard I think we we had that name we had two names a boy and a girl named settled on fairly early um how are you guys going about Dory we'll start with you yeah so um me and my wife come from probably the largest Irish families in Chicago so all the great names are taken well right before social distancing became a thing we had an opportunity to have a brunch with you and Annie and, and we talked about a name that, you know, was that meant a lot for you personally. And then also, or you and Annie both, you guys. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if it's still in the running. Are you guys still considering Trump as a, as a name for your daughter? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought we left that brunch with an understanding that the baby's name, regardless of sex, was going to be Trump. Trump Doherty, if you uh, like it. Yeah. Powerful name. It's a very powerful name. Yeah, no, I, Excellent. Like <laughs> the best name, the most magnificent. Um, <laughs> Jono, how how's that conversation? Have you guys, you know, I, I imagine it started. You know, the minute you have a kid, you start talking about names. In my experience, yeah. I mean, I think the whole process went like we just really wanted a girl, so we only came up with girl names. So we have a girl name set. Um, and we will either use it or not. So if it's <laughs> a boy, on. are you guys kind of fucked? Are you guys like, um, or do you guys have fucked. some candidates? Um, we haven't really given it a thought. We've thrown around names. Um, you guys are very confident it's going to be a female. We are. I am. <laughs> you I are. Am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's a question. Here's a question that just kind of popped in my mind. You, you know, you, I, it's, it's been cool to see, uh, you know, you and Shep and, and the social distancing thing makes this obviously really hard. Um, but, you know, you and Shep have a genuine, I think, relationship, a connection. He loves his junkie. He, he likes to FaceTime him. 
has that changed your perception at all as like openness to a boy because you had your you, you know you're seeing Shep um and, and you also have a nephew Mac as well you know so like those relationships with Mac and Shep do they help you I guess kind of get a little bit okay with the idea of it possibly being a boy if it you know because I think one of the hard things is with the whole idea of we're talking about genders of, of the baby is like a dis- you, nobody wants disappointment one way or another right and so if you right. if you start thinking going one way it's a girl you know do those uh, is that kind of like your your safety net it's like oh, you can look back and be like well you know i love shep i love mac so a boy will be good well yeah i mean if i have a boy i'm not i'm not going to be disappointed i mean of course i want a girl there's that there's going to be an initial disappointment always but i mean Regardless, it's your child, you know? I mean, boy or girl, I'm going to love that thing no matter what. I'll open it up. Do you guys have any questions for me before we get into uh, the last thing I have for you guys? Yeah, what do you know about eating the placenta? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I know you're a savage if you just go straight to the hospital, like the hospital floor and pick it up and start chomping. Yeah, I think you got to do it just like uh, Daenerys ate the horse heart. In, uh, in Game uh, of Thrones, you just fucking pick that shit up and you got to go hardcore and just chomp down a couple times. Um, you know what? So I would say this, you know, from from the very little I read. And so I'm probably not a good uh, a good reference for for, eat, for for this question or what I'm going to suggest you to look into. If you're interested in the placenta, I would say spend more time looking at the, the cord uh, and because uh, the, they can save the umbilical cord for a bunch of stem cell stuff and that would yeah. that that is what i would you know if i was going to it's somewhat expensive looking back with both kids i wish i would have done it i just it's stupid not to i think the way science kind of progresses um i think there's going to be so many people that are regretting not doing it because they didn't want to spend a couple thousand dollars um what is the time you can take you can use the uh, yeah. the umbilical cord for yeah what they'll do is they'll like there's it's another and and your doctor should should tell you know whoever your wife's doctor is her you know yeah. that she's going to see um throughout the pregnancy um she should give you some information on it but if she doesn't i would just ask about it um but it, it's another company you know basically they send it off to them they save it and there is some um there's you know some data very exploratory saying that they can save it for stem cell purposes if something should happen and science should progress you know, your kid might actually benefit from it greatly. That would be, Um, I would say do that like that. I think is significant. I think the benefit, the potential benefit of that significantly outweighs the potential benefit of um, having your, you know, having your wife's placenta capped and then taking those pills later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just my two cents. I'm not a scientist. Actually, let's go to John. Johnny, you might actually have more to say about that. You should know. You're a fucking scientist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, people, it's exactly the, the stem cells. That's what they would use them for. Um, I don't know. I mean, it depends. And, uh, I mean, science isn't there yet. So, um, and I don't know if, were, if it will ever be um, in their lifetime, but you never know. It, I mean, it's the same reason people get cryogenically frozen. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like Tom said, it's, you know, you're betting on science. Changing. Yeah, it's tentative. You know, it's subject to change all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have the money, why not? 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like we, it's it wasn't outside the realm of financially unreasonable. We just didn't do it just because it was like another thing. It was more money. It was. Right. I, I just kind of wish we would have, just because, like I said, I, I, if you're going to bet on something, betting on science isn't a bad thing. Um, any other questions for Uncle Tickles? Expecting new dads. Yeah. Um, he- baby. <clears throat> I was going to say, do you have any recommendations on, like, jeez, uh, anything like Lamaze class, anything like that? Did you go to any classes with Lita before you guys had your first baby? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did a, uh, so, you know, as we mentioned before, both of our kids were born at Prentice. So we did a introduction to, like, birth class, which, you know, it's a long class. I think it's like eight hours. But the nice thing about it was they took you on a full-on tour, right? They took you behind the stage. They tell you exactly what to expect, you know, if you were to have a baby there. They take you to a triage room. They take you to the room you're going to give birth in. They take you to the room they transfer you after you have birth in. Um, you know, they really they really give that kind of, like, full-on um, exposure to you as an expecting parent. And that was you know, we didn't do a ton, but that was one thing we did do. And holy shit, I can't tell you how much I think we benefited from that because it gave me such a peace of mind that day, you know, because uh, with, with Solo, it was an induction date. But with Shep, it was two weeks before his due date. It was a Sunday. I, you know, Lita, she had been having some Braxton Hicks, but it was one of those things where I, I didn't believe she was having a kid that day the whole day she was like yeah i kind of feel it i kind of feel it and then all of a sudden at one o'clock in the morning she's like yo this is getting intense and this baby's gonna come uh and we had to go to the hospital that night and because we had gone through that class like i knew like exactly where to park i knew what entrance to come through i knew we were going to be in this room until she got her she asked for the epidural you know i knew i had a lot of expectation and i feel like if i didn't know that stuff if like you know, if I hadn't taken that class, I just, I would have been like, hey, where the, f-? you know, I wouldn't have gone to the right parking garage. We probably would have had to walk two blocks, you know, three blocks. Um, if you're familiar with the Northwestern Medical Campus, there's a bunch of buildings. They're all interconnected, but it's not necessarily um, totally easy to get around. It's really actually easy to get turned around and, and, and kind of lose your bearings because the buildings are so tall. You, you lose sight of the lake. You can't find the river. You know, there's a lot of reasons that kind of confuse you as far as directionally and um, that was one thing we benefited from. The other thing, and this was something that I was not even on my radar, breastfeeding class, like doing a, and, and I would almost have someone on deck as like a, they call them lactation consultants or lactation specialists for after the baby comes because um, that was something with Shep. It was an undue stress you know, we, we if we would have gotten the lactation specialist a week before we actually got her to come in, it would have made those for like those first two weeks we had with him so much easier because you know he wasn't latching right. It was causing physical pain to Lita. It it was also causing him to not necessarily eat as long as he should, and a bunch of other things. And um, you know, the second time around, we we got a, a lactation specialist again. You know, even though we've already done it, um, we had another one come just because it's. It's nice to have someone else who's, you know, an expert in that field, watch you do it and be like, hey, oh, you just got to tuck in this elbow a little bit. That's what you're doing wrong. Like tuck in your elbow or just you or even just pushing in the baby's chest or shoulders and stupid little things like that. They make a world of difference. Um, And if your baby's latching and feeding good, I can't tell you how much easier that makes things for everyone. 
So another thing I wanted to do is just play a quick game. Um, sometimes we, it's, it's something we like to do here. Another trend with my games, I don't have great names for the games yet. So I'm going to give you <laughs> real life situations that I run into as a, as a dad. And I'm curious as to your, um, your interpretation of what your own father, how your own fathers would handle that. Um, and, and if you want to chime in with maybe how, if you think that reaction uh, from your father is appropriate or not, please do. So, uh, Papa Doherty, he is taking a bath with his son and his son shits in the tub. How does Papa Doherty react to having a shit float up in the tub with him? <laughs> how, how old is his son? His son, his son is one uh, or eighteen months old. Eighteen months old. Well, and there's a floater in there. Yeah. Oh wow! And While he stares I, at you, he's staring you in the eye, and you and he just shits on the tub with you. I think he laughs hysterically first and gets up, and and probably finds a nice towel to wrap him in. And steps out of the bathtub nice and calm, cool, collected, and has a good laugh about it. I'm thinking he bites this kid's wiener off like a thumb. Ah! <laughs> Just takes that shit off. Um, Jono, how does Papa Pappas react if your 18, 18-month-old Jono is in the tub with Papa Pappas and 18-month-old Jono takes a, a nice little dumper? Uh, <laughs> so and i'm answering this as our father well no you're like yeah how would our dad react to that if okay if like put your put yourself in uh in dad's shoes like yeah. knowing dad as you do um initial reaction probably whoa whoa what the fuck <laughs> that that would be his initial reaction when he first realizes there's a turd in there um, and then I imagine he immediately takes me and him out of there. Um, but yeah, I think dad was, <laughs> he was pretty good like that. Yeah. You know, he was, he was fairly understanding. That was pretty uh, similar to my, re shocked. that was pretty similar to my reaction when it happened to me. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's a pretty fair, fair reaction. I'm still thinking yeah. Mr. Doherty takes a chomp off the dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> And maybe that's where the can opener came from. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's a good point. That's an excellent point. Um, it doesn't answer some questions. It doesn't answer some questions. Okay. okay. Um, you're, <laughs> this is also a bath-related question, so a lot of bath-related questions here. Um, we're going to go to uh, Papa Doherty. Papa Doherty is in the bath with his son, and his son is fixated on his wiener. So Papa Doherty tucks his wiener and does a mangina out of his own shyness. Now his son is concerned and keeps asking him, Dada, wiener, where to go? Dada, Dada, wiener, where to go? Does, what does Papa Doherty do? Does he show him his wiener again or does he do something else? How does he handle that situation? I don't think Papa Doherty would never pull a mangina move ever. I think he's a proud man of his junk. He's such a proud man of his shaft. He's got nice equipment. I think he's like, yeah, you like that? Yeah. I mean, or kind of loving and gloating in the fact that his son is admiring his shtick. And uh, yeah, that, that, that he's hopefully passing that down one day. I don't think that ever happened, but um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I can see that. No, I definitely get down on that. I definitely get down on that. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he ever pulls a Buffalo Bill. Gotcha. I don't think that. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. I accept that. John, John, I have a feeling maybe, John, you're headed in a similar direction. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Papa Pappas would ever Buffalo Bill, but he kind of resembles Buffalo Bill in a way. He does. Um, oh, wait, what's your perfect fracture? Wait, wait. <laughs> um yeah he was more he was more of an aggressive dick shower uh when we were younger like uh he would pop out of the bathroom and rip his towel off and just scream and have his like dick hanging right in front of us you know um uh, so he didn't really hide it yeah he just put that on display for us to see a lot but you would Yes, he'd tell tell stories, right, about swim class. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if you got a boner, you'd have to sit on sit on the diving board with your boner. With a towel on your boner. Until yeah, the towel until dropped. It went down. Yeah. That's yeah. Catholic schools for you. Uh, That's how Catholic schools had it. So yeah. No mangina. Definitely a lot of dick shaking. Yeah. Yeah, he did shake it a lot in our faces. Um Okay. So this one didn't actually happen to me, but I did see it happen to a father-son combo. So you are at the Bears game, and you are in the Cadillac Club, and you spot a nice little honey over at the bar. So you go and you start talking her up, and next thing you know, you got your hands on her butt. But your hands meet another man's hands, and when you look, you realize it's your dad's hands. So you and your dad are feeling up the same butt. Um, how does Mr. Doherty react to that moment? That's my boy. There's a high five. I've probably been in that situation before. Yeah, I mean, he's got the rap, man. Old man's got the rap. He's still got it. He's got the, the gift of the gab, that's for sure. He likes the company of uh, of of beautiful women like we all do but at the end of the day he's always going home to julia you know but it's always you know it's uh it's always fun when we're at the bears game sitting cadillac club i'll tell you what <laughs> yeah and you're yeah yeah that's very similar jonna jonna how do you think papa pappas reacts <laughs> i can't even see dad touching a girl's butt like i can't imagine that uh, um but if him and I were both touching, <laughs> you know, that like grin that dad gets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He finds something hilarious. Um, I imagine we would get that rare glimpse of Papa Pappas and uh, enjoying something in life. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very rare, rare glimpse. <laughs> yeah. It's like he got a cigarette in his war World War II book. <laughs> Dogs. It's that look. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty accurate. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's a that's been a fun game of what would our dads do? Maybe that's the name of it. Um, you know, maybe we'll have you guys on a little bit closer to the burst or right after the burst, and we can uh, see how you guys are doing as dads, and uh, also play the game again. I, I think you guys are going to be both great dads. You know, I, I don't really have any have any fears for you guys. I think, you know, it's something that uh, both in your cases, whether you guys have known it or not, it's, you know, something you've probably have been prepared to do for a while. And um, it's going to be cool to see you guys be dads. So 
I'm excited. Um, I fucking love you guys. We're going to talk to you guys again soon, as we said. Probably get you guys set up on a follow-up episode once the babies are born. Um, until then, I'm sure we'll be in contact. Uncle Tickles loves you. And Prop Goss, take us away.